Welcome to the Courage Queen Podcast. I'm your host, Justine Wenzel, entrepreneur, glam girl, and karaoke enthusiast. For over 10 years, I've been teaching women how to become more courageous by pressing into fear so they can step into their purpose. Whether it's me at the microphone solo or I'm sharing the stage with incredible guests, I'm committed to bringing you the best while sharing the truth that will set us all free. Time to wake up and stop giving fear all the power. I'm bringing tangible tips for more peace and authenticity while simultaneously giving you an ab workout as we weave in comedic flair. So buckle up because it's time to live your best life. What do I need to go back and heal? It's a question that I asked myself multiple times this past week as I was looking at some of the areas of my life and behaviors that have reared their ugly head in multiple scenarios that were brought to my attention this week. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to like kind of wander in these thoughts and see where they take me. I wanted to find out what are some of the things that I'm still holding on to? At what point did I stop or neglect those parts of my inner child that were not healed yet. So I went back and I started taking notes and I said, let me see if I can get to the bottom of what the core emotion is that is hindering me from being the person that I want to be. And I think these are really powerful questions to be asking ourselves because at the end of the day, if there are repressed anger or repressed embarrassment or things that we have been unwilling to deal with, things that most likely happened within those first seven years of our lives, it's pretty likely that those have been direct correlations between that and you not reaching your full potential. And you feeling held back or misunderstood or whatever that trigger is for you. So I went back and I remembered a couple significant memories from the time I was six to about eight years old. And the core emotion was embarrassment. See, I was in first grade. I was moving to a new school. It was December. And I remember going to this new school in the area in which I grew up, and because I was there, you know, and had missed the first half of the school year with these kids and was just getting to know them, I was given this book, and it was a book of all these pictures and messages that each kid got to take a page, almost kind of like a little mini yearbook, but it was a handmade book by all the kids, and I was in first grade probably about like six years old, um, going on seven. And they gave me this book and the teacher wanted me to look it over and kind of read it and show it in front of the class. And I remember being, you know, pretty outgoing. I mean, I'm only in first grade, so it's not like I've had that much experience to really figure out like my personality yet. But I remember being in kindergarten and those first memories that I have and have pictures of are me being you know, a playful, talkative, happy kid. 
And I got up there to share um, these moments and what these pictures were with the rest of the class and reading the messages. And one of the messages was from this boy in the class. And it was a picture of the two of us as kids. It was a drawing. The two of us are holding hands. And it says, me and Justine, XOXO. And as I read and showed that to the class, everyone laughed and started pointing and making fun of it. And I internalized that as they were making fun of me. And they kept kind of teasing and saying like, oh, you and I forget even what the kid's name was now, but, you know, you and -and so-and-so sitting in a tree, like that type of like playful, dumb, you know, first grade stuff. And I'll never forget that first feeling that I had of embarrassment that I can remember. And then as I was thinking of other memories of second grade and third grade and even fourth and fifth grade, I realized that there was a theme, that some of the memories that had stuck out were specific memories where I felt that same feeling of strong embarrassment. And I started to connect the dots and realize that it was these moments of embarrassment that told me or that I internalized to say, I'm not going to step out and try anything new. I'm not going to raise my hand in class to share the answer that I think, you know, the teacher is asking a question. Whether I knew the answer or not, I always questioned myself and was always afraid that I was going to be embarrassed. And so because of that core belief, I allowed that to dictate my behaviors. And in school, I was a completely different person than I was outside of school. And so my question for you is, what do you need to go back and heal? What is the childhood wound or message that you heard that is hindering your life today because you've been unwilling to dig into that discomfort and really figure out why did that affect me so much? And kind of talk yourself through as if you were an adult talking to a child and encouraging them and telling them the truth about who they, who they are. I've been learning so much about how, you know, when anger or when these feelings are repressed or ignored, that it can truly add so much more emotional problems and can really prevent you from healing. If you're new to my story, one of the things that I've been talking a lot about and wanted to kind of dedicate this episode towards was my healing process from childhood sexual abuse. If I didn't address the anger and the trust issues, that I would never fully heal. And so every single day I start out in my journal and I say, God, what do you want me to know today? And I just get quiet. And I wait to see what could come up. Is it something that has replayed from a dream? Was it an area of nostalgia, you know, nostalgia that, pops in and out and is it trying to tell me something about what I picked up, what I chose to believe about myself. And there were so many things that I just realized I had never fully unpacked. And some things that I've come to know and that I was just journaling about, and I'm just going to be transparent and kind of sharing my journal with you today. So here are some of the things that I wrote down. It's very rare that I trust people. I also wrote down, I have a desire to feel heard and understood, and in so many opportunities that has led me to overshare 
or overindulge searching for love and acceptance. But so many times I found that I've gotten hurt instead. I've spent so much of my life making jokes and entertaining people to keep people focused on the fact that I was fine. But truly, this was a defense mechanism because there were so many times where I was dying inside and just wondering if anybody would notice or question, even though I was doing such a great job hiding how I really felt and who I truly was. And I even like went back to just like intimate relationships or like, you know, loving relationships that I had had in the past you know, before I met my husband and just started unpacking that I never really felt truly understood in every single relationship that I had been in. But then at the same time, equally, I never felt comfortable to really share deep down who I was with any of those people. There was a time frame where I compulsively lied so that I could have control over the narrative. And as I kind of shared with you, my core emotions often were that embarrassment. There were so many of these memories that came back where I concluded that I was not smart. That if attention was on me, that people were making fun of me. That if someone exposed something that I deeply struggled with in my soul, and if somebody had seen it, I seemed to be really affected by the fact that I felt exposed, like someone had actually seen a deep part of me and that someone actually cared to know what that was. You know, in so many relationships, I had a wall up. I never let people truly, truly see, again, who I was. And in order to combat that feeling of not wanting to be embarrassed, I never stepped out. I played it safe. I stuck to what people told me I was good at and I never spoke up in class or never wanted to learn anything publicly in front of people where I could be in a position where I looked like I wasn't an expert. I wasn't perfect. I looked like I didn't know what I was doing. When I reflected on just that whole unpacking of the abuse and telling people and working through all of the lasting effects of that. I still find myself kind of mad at myself because I feel like I should have spoken up so many times. And instead, I let fear really become my reality. I didn't feel like a strong person. I didn't feel confident or outspoken. And I started pushing my success or good opportunities away. I also pushed people away. My self-confidence and my esteem, my body image, my ability to relate to other people, my ability to navigate intimate relationships, being completely self-critical, overeating and indulging and people-pleasing. But really the shame was the worst effect. If I could use words to describe this, It's like for so long I felt inadequate, damaged, misunderstood, and alone. And there was so much anxiety and stress. And I had stress-induced nausea and bladder issues, which if you've talked to me one-on-one, there's a lot of 
correlation between my bladder and body temperature and things that I experienced because of the abuse and the long-term effects of of that trauma being stored in, in my body and trying to work through how I cannot go into a complete panic attack every time that I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm just being totally transparent to say that I have walked around for so long always thinking that someone or something was a threat. I also had a, an inability to cope with upsetting events that had triggered me. Anything having to do with sexual abuse or evil in the world that had to do with young women or sex trafficking or sex abuse or any type of abuse for someone that was in a position where they couldn't defend themselves. When they were being taken advantage by someone who obviously knew better, like the same in my situation. And what I've realized through so much of this is that self-compassion is the missing key to alleviating the shame. It's finding ways to increase oxytocin, which is a hormone that increases trust and calm and safety and that connectedness. And I find myself digging into so many of these concepts now because, again, I felt years of feeling and looking stupid that I was going to be laughed at. But as you can see, I seem to care very little about that now. And I've realized that the profound truth in it all is that the courage to be who you really are is the way. Because all those moments where I was so self-conscious about embarrassment, I've realized that embarrassment is part of perfectionism. You're embarrassed because you don't live up to your own standards of how you should look or act or feel or perform. And so I'm officially publicly declaring that I'm giving that up. I want to deal with my fear and my control. I want to deal with the fact that embarrassment is essentially fear or being perceived in a way that's less endearing. And so from now on, I'm welcoming moments of fear because I want to work through it. I want to get to the other side. And I want to dig more into the fact that that inner child that I talk about, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about inner child, it's like the child part of your persona that never truly grew up. But the great news is that you can heal it. There's so much that you can do. You can go to counseling. You can talk to a friend that you trust. You can just start journaling. And this journal that I hold in my hands today is a journal that I've been writing in consistently every single day now since I started going to therapy and since I broke the silence in my own life, deciding that I wasn't going to run away anymore. I wasn't going to run from all the things that had me truly scared, that put me in panic attacks day by day, just the guilt of should I have done something differently, the fact that the person who abused me could be out there abusing other people. And there's just something different that I should have done. And it's a lot to carry. 
And I just want to encourage you that if you're going through something like that, it doesn't even have to be the exact same thing. But if you're going through something where you're feeling guilt and shame, and you're afraid, and you're living in fear, I just want to encourage you that there's another way. There's a way where you trust that the person who's truly in control has your best interests and wants good things for you, and that there's a God that strengthened and knew that you could handle what you were going to walk through. He never said we weren't going to have hard times, but tough situations don't last. Tough people do. And so I look at my situation and I'm grateful that I have a loving God that cares enough about me to refine me. And it's hard to even say that because I think for a lot of people, they don't understand like why bad things happen to good people. And it's a really hard thing to answer. I don't, I don't have the answer. But I look at the situation in my own life and many others of mistakes that I've made and areas that I've grown in, even when I've been very reluctant to the growth. And I just have to say, surrendering to it finally and just deciding that I'm just going to surrender all control and just totally give in to that healing process was the best decision that I ever made for myself. And there's always somewhere that you can start. Even if you're not ready to come forward about something that really emotionally affected you, you can run from it for a long time. Believe me, I ran from it for over 25 years. And I don't have any regrets. But what I will tell you is I feel like a lot of time was wasted when I could have been truly happy living in freedom, and being the person that I feel like I was meant to be. And I'm making up time now because why not? It's never too late. And so maybe you needed to hear that message today, that you can grow, you can bloom in a different season, and your life can not only flourish, it can thrive. You don't have to just survive. You can thrive when you decide that you're worth it because you are. Again, I wanted to just be super transparent and just read right from my journal of what I've been writing and what I've been working through this week. And this is kind of a part one of a part two series of something that I've been working on. And I just, I don't know who this is for, but I don't want you to give up on yourself. I want you to dig into the discomfort and to the full range of emotions and feelings that you've been trying to push down and run away from. You're only hurting yourself more. So take back your power and step into the light. Make it a great week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, would you send it to a friend who could be encouraged? Or share it on social and tag me so I could personally thank you for sharing the sweet sauce. For more episodes, check out and subscribe to Courage Queen Podcast, where we share fresh perspectives and stories for people who have the guts to be vulnerable and grow through what they go through. You can also join the conversation on Instagram at Courage Queen Pod. As always, thanks for being here. 
Courage starts with showing up.